It's time to turn your dream into bold action. As a Christ-centered coach and mentor to women changing the world, I firmly believe that we all have a gift given to us by God, and we are meant to share that gift with the world. Your gift was given to you to help make others' lives better. Let's turn your passion into an authentic and profitable business that reflects who you are at your core. Welcome to the Dream Launcher Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Ferrara. In Daniel 2, we read the account of King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. He asked his wise men, the magicians, the enchanters, the astrologers, to tell him his dream. He didn't share the dream with them and then ask for the interpretation. He wanted them to tell him what he dreamed and what it meant. Specifically, in Daniel 2, 3 through 6, King Nebuchadnezzar said, I have had a dream that troubles me deeply, and I must know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king in Aramaic, Long live the king! Tell us the dream, and we will tell you what it means. But the king said to the astrologers, I'm serious about this. If you don't tell me what my dream was and what it means, You will be torn limb from limb, and your houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. He was serious. But if you tell me what I dreamed and what the dream means, I will give you many wonderful gifts and honors. Just tell me the dream and what it means. What this part of scripture is telling me is that there was great significance placed in dreams like these. Even those who didn't believe in the Almighty God believed in the importance of interpreting their dreams. So much so that Nebuchadnezzar was so troubled by this dream that he was determined to get an interpretation. And if his wise men couldn't deliver, he was ready to eliminate them. He didn't see any value in keeping them around anymore if they couldn't tell him his dream and interpret it. Then, in Daniel 2, 10 through 19, and I'm going to summarize some of this, the astrologers replied to the king, no one on earth can tell the king his dream. The king's demand is impossible. No one except the gods can tell you your dream, and they don't live here among people. This made the king furious, and he ordered that all the wise men of Babylon be executed. Now, here is where God gets to show up. The king did not just command that those astrologers who couldn't tell him his dream be killed. He said all of the wise men, and this included Daniel and his friends. Even though it was clear in the scripture that Daniel wasn't even involved. When Daniel heard what was going on, he asked to go and see the king. And then he asked the king, Can we have more time? And the king actually said yes. He wanted more time to find out what the dream meant. So thankfully, the king obliged. So then Daniel went home and he told his friends all about what was happening. He urged them to ask God of heaven to show them what the secret was and so that they would not be executed along with the other wise men of Babylon. And in verse 19, it says that that night, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision. 
Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. So the king received a dream, and God gave Daniel a vision of the exact same thing and its interpretation so that he could share it with the king and save their lives. This is a great introduction to today's episode of Hearing from God, Dreams, Pictures, and Visions. Those of us who get these words from God in the form of a visual are often known as seers. Throughout the Bible, there are a lot of seers. Ezekiel, Peter, Daniel, Joseph in the Old Testament, Joseph in the New Testament. And even in Acts 10, 9, Peter has a vision of a sheet descending from heaven with all sorts of animals on it. And then he hears from God telling him, that he can eat whatever he wants of the those animals, right? That it's okay. And in Joel 2, 28, the Bible says, Then after doing all those things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. For a long time, I didn't believe I was a seer, even though I did have dreams. I never experienced open visions where you see something in the heavenly realm with your eyes wide open. I primarily hear his voice in my head and while I journal. That is until I started asking God if he would show me more. I wanted to see with my eyes. I wanted to get visions and pictures in addition to the dreams that I already got. And it was all inspired because I started hanging around people that got those. And I was like, I want more, God. I have friends who see angels and demons just through the course of the normal day. For me, seeing is more of an impression in my mind now that something is there. It's a little hard for me to explain sometimes, but I mean, we have an imagination. And so I know that I can use my imagination to envision things. I can say, I want to picture a basketball and I can see a basketball. But even then, I can't really, it's not like looking at a basketball right in front of me, and it's not like I can really see it. It's just in my head, and it's like I know it's there. So to help you, because I know this really helped me early on as well, I'm going to give you an example of something simple, something similar to the basketball. So God gave us our imagination, like I mentioned, and we get to use that to learn more about him. And that is seeing in our mind. So take a moment wherever you are, if you can, close your eyes, though it's not necessary, and picture a tree, whatever kind of tree you want, just whatever comes to mind initially. As soon as you think, I want to picture a tree, you'll see something in your mind. You may not be able to name the type of tree, but I bet you could describe it to me. You'd be able to tell me the color of the leaves, the shape of the leaves, are they round, are they pointy? Are the leaves big or are they small? Are they dark green or are they turning like autumn? Now, still picturing that tree, just in your mind, say, turn it purple. Turn the tree purple. What happened for you? Did the whole tree turn purple? Did just the leaves turn purple? So that's a fun little exercise. Usually, like the whole tree will per turn purple or some parts of it, which is why I asked that, because it could be different for everybody. There is no one right answer to that question or to, you know, what happens. So 
it's fun. I do that with women that I've worked with that are struggling to see because a lot of times when we're going through prayer, we're asking the Holy Spirit to show us things. And there's oftentimes when there's a whole movie that plays out in front of them in their head, they've got their eyes closed the entire time. And, but there are times when they tell me they can't see anything. So I do that little exercise just to help kind of prime the mind for using its imagination. It's a good way to remind us that we can see within our mind. Now, some people experience visions which are in their mind, okay? Like what I just explained um, happens with some of the women that I work with. Um, that's me usually. Usually I see it in my mind. I'm not seeing it out in some space, right? <laughs> um, but some seers do experience visions that are very real or as real as like the hand in front of you. It's there. It's here, right there. They can see it. So back in July of this year, this is 2023, I had a rare open vision during worship at church. So open vision is one of those where my eyes were open and I saw something that really wasn't there. Okay. So we were singing the song, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. And as we repeated that chorus and repeated it and repeated it, I saw heaven open and God looked down on all of us in the congregation with this huge smile. It was so amazing. And just the, the peace and the love that I felt as he looked down on us smiling, I can't even describe it. Now, the fun part is, Okay, I don't know if there are any Monty Python fans out there, but this is the way that I pictured it. So it was more of a cartoon for like almost the way that um, if you ever saw Search for the Holy Grail, there's this scene where there's clouds and they part and then God's face kind of peeks out from them. And um, that's kind of how I saw it, except God didn't look like that. Um, I actually didn't really see even God's face. And I think there's a purpose for that. But I did see the clouds part and I immediately knew that God was looking down and he was smiling. So there was part of this vision that was seeing these like cartoonish kind of clouds part above the stage at the church. And then the second part of just this knowing that God was there smiling. And so um, I'll give you another example. So my good friend Felicia, she is a seer, definitely a seer. And she sees pictures and still images. She sees angels and demons. And she sees visions of things. Usually it's still pictures. And then she sees um, heavenly beings around us, right? So in fact, um, she actually started her experience of seeing um, from God and hearing from God through those visions. She saw mostly demons. And it kind of scared her at first, of course. Um, but then she realized that like they were other people's. So they might be following behind somebody at the grocery store or just sitting up on top of their head. And it was God showing her people's struggles and really showing her that like they had this thing that they're just kind of like, it was just hanging around, tootling around with it. And they were totally unaware of it. So that was what he was showing her was that this is happening and people are just totally unaware of how the, how the demonic realm influences their daily lives. But after a while, she kind of got sick of only seeing demons. So she asked God if she could see more angels, see more goodness and see more light. And he was 
more than happy to give her more visions of angels and pictures around people that speak to their character and goodness. So another example, and this is, I'm totally using my friend Felicia. You'll hear about her a lot, probably on this podcast. We spend a lot of time together, but a little over a year ago, I was leading a life group and Felicia was part of it. And one night we were wrapping up the group. I had done my teaching and we were wrapping up and she went up to one of the, one of the men that were, that was there. His name is Joe. And, um, she shared with him that as I was teaching, she saw an angel walk up to him and he walked up right next to him and between him and this other lady that was sitting, uh, where he was sitting and the angel just walked right up and he put his hand on Joe's hand. And she described the angel. He didn't have wings and didn't have this like flowy robe and wings and stuff. He was just in white pants and a t-shirt, average height. And as she described this to Joe, he looked at her with complete amazement. And then he shared with her that at one point while I was teaching, he felt somebody walk up and touch his hand. And he looked down and nothing was touching his hand. No one, in, no one was even near his hand. Nothing was near his hand. Now, I know some of you that that might sound unbelievable. It may even cause some jealousy in some people. You might be thinking like, why can't I see that? Why can't I experience that? I want to experience angels. Well, just like I did and just like Felicia did, ask God to open your spiritual eyes to see he is so good to give us what we ask when we are asking for more of him. Now, let's talk about interpretation because there's always that side of it. Okay, well, I've seen this thing. I've had this dream or I've gotten this picture. What does it mean? And sometimes we know. Sometimes we know immediately. We get this picture and we know what it means. It's something personal to us. It has deep meaning. Other times it can be like way out there. Like, I don't even know why he's showing me this lemon. Okay, just as an example, okay? So we don't always immediately know what the dream is about or what the image may be about or what he's trying, what God is trying to tell us through that. Sometimes we can go about our day and there'll be little glimpses and all of a sudden little pieces and parts come together and we get the interpretation. But this is where we really get to get curious about it and invite the Holy Spirit into this experience and to, to give us some wisdom about it. So I have times where I seem to have more dreams than other times. It's like they come in clusters. And sometimes I'm in a battle with demons who are trying to keep me from speaking. At least that's usually the theme of those types of dreams. On the other side of that, and the reason why they're doing that is because on the other side of that, I have a lot of times where the Holy Spirit is telling me, open your mouth and speak, open your mouth and speak. Turn on the camera, get the microphone, open your mouth and speak. So the enemy is coming against that in my dreams and trying to intimidate me so that I don't open my mouth and speak. There are times in those dreams when I feel like it's totally, he has covered my mouth and I can't even open my lips. And I get out of it because in my mind, in the dream, I'm saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Okay, so that's probably another episode. <laughs> Sometimes there's a whole storyline to what I'm wa what's happening in my dream. It's like watching a movie. Um, I had a recurring dream several years ago where I, I, the dream was almost exactly the same every single time. And maybe there was one part missing or one scene missing. So I'm sure you've experienced that if you dream where 
you can go from like scene to scene to scene. It's like just like watching TV show where it's you know in, you're in the this place one one moment and another place you're another moment you're somewhere else, right? So in this dream, I had a baby in my arms and I knew that my purpose was to protect that baby. Like there was a a desperation in how I held the baby. There was a desperation in how I moved. And the scene changed many times throughout the dream, but in in each scene, I was keeping the baby safe from someone or some group that wanted to kidnap it. Sometimes I was in a house looking for a place to hide the baby. Sometimes I was running outside, clutching the baby, you know, on my chest, looking for safety. And then other times I was in a car, the baby was buckled into the car seat, all nice and safe, as I sped through town looking for a place to hide. As I sought interpretation from the Holy Spirit, it became clear what the baby was. During this time, I was involved in starting our restoration ministry at my church. And the, that, that was the baby. The enemy knew that people would be set free from those struggles and demons like what Felicia sees. He knew people would be set free of those things that they were totally unaware of. They just knew they were really struggling in life. They weren't aware of these things that were tagging along in their day-to-day, sitting on top of their head, causing strife and grief in their lives. That baby, this ministry, needed constant, vigilant protection. So what do you do once you have the interpretation? I can't give you a straight, cut-and-dry answer. In this particular situation, I told some people about it, and I said, we really need to be praying hard for protection over this ministry, that every part of it is God-inspired, God every part of it that we do, every decision that we make, we're including the Holy Spirit in that, and that we pray protection over the ministry itself, just the birthing of this ministry, that we pray over protection, pray protection over the people involved in it, so all of the leaders and, and leaders-to-be. So several of us made that our mission, to pray hard over this ministry as it was being birthed and in its infancy, which is what the dream was showing me was in that infancy stage. Now, we're four or five years in, five years in, I think at this point, the ministry is going, we're continuing, and we still pray protection over this ministry. It is still an infant. So what do you do with this new information you have about dreams, pictures, and visions? My suggestion is seek wisdom and teaching, and interpretation from the Holy Spirit. That is his purpose, to help us and guide us, to counsel us. So read the stories in the Bible that speak of these dreams, that speak of visions. Dig into the purpose of those. Really get to know them, because the more that you experience them through the Bible, the more that you'll be open to experiencing it here in, in the here and now. Sometimes dreams are warnings. Other times, they're confirmation of purpose and encouragement. So what do you dream about? What are the pictures and visions that you get? Let's continue the conversation over on Instagram. Follow me at Coach Stephanie Ferrara and look for the post about this episode. And share your experience with seeing God speak. If you're enjoying learning from this series, I would love to know. Would you leave a review on this episode and follow the Dream Launcher podcast so you get notified when new episodes are published. If you're enjoying learning from this series, I would love to know. 
Would you leave a review on the podcast and give us a follow at the Dream Launcher Podcast so you get notified when the next episode gets published? And speaking of the next episode, could the emotional roller coaster that you feel when you walk into a crowd actually be God speaking to you? What about sudden pains or warm sensations in your body? Join me next week for part three of Hearing from God, where we will explore feeling God speaking. Until then, keep dreaming and visioning with God. <laughs>